This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 404 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different question expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. For the entire universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips, visit them at equestriancollections.com. Hi everyone, Glenn the Geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Well, today we have returning with us Dr. Jenny Johnson. She helps out over on the Jumping Radio Show. She runs Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic Clinic that is based in Calabasas, California. And she uh, specializes in the maintenance of performance horses as well as family pets. So Dr. Johnson, as I said, is a regular contributor to the Jumping Radio Show. This tip is taken off of episode number 51 and is co-hosted by Chris Stafford. And you can hear the rest of that show by going to jumpingradio.com. First, I want to talk to you a little bit about equestrian collections. I've been talking to you a long time about Equestrian Collections, but I I have some facts and figures here that I thought you'd find interesting, is that Equestrian Collections is the largest internet-only equestrian company in the United States. And, you know, that means they got a lot of stuff. They represent and sell 319 brands, and they include Ariad and Mountain Horse and Stube and Pessoa and Weatherbeater and Horseware and Tough Rider, and the list goes on and on and on. 319 worth. They sell products for both horse and rider that suits uh, all the equestrian disciplines from dressage to hunters to jumpers to western to pleasure, therapeutic riding, and equestrian lifestyle. And you know what? Spring is right around the corner, and many riders are already showing their horses in Florida and in the south, and they are actively shopping for riding jackets and riding shirts and field boots and dress boots for you, for your husband, for your kids. And and also for horse apparel, for their horses for the spring and summer. Well, they have it all at equestriancollections.com at a price you can afford. So, you know, why not go with the biggest and the best? And that's equestriancollections.com with all of their 319. I didn't even know there was 319 different brands in the horse world. Stop over to equestriancollections.com. Hi, Jenny. Welcome back. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Absolutely. Looking forward to getting through this winter and into the spring, you know, thinking of, you know, people that are having to keep horses in this weather, you know, around the country. It's so hard, isn't it? You know, it makes it works twice as hard because you're breaking ice. You've got rugs to deal with. You've Everything is so much more effort, isn't it? It certainly is. It, uh, and for me, it was just too much effort. <laughs> so you made sure you went to warmer climes over there in California. I did. Well, good for you. But you're very busy, too, with your practice, your uh, chiropractic and uh, shockwave practice. And, uh, you know, that's interesting. We haven't talked about that too much on the show. So I think next time you come on, maybe we could go into that a little bit as it pertains to lameness and as, as it helps lameness. That would be an excellent idea. I'd love to talk about that. All right, terrific. Well, let's plan on doing that. But in the meantime, I think we've got a continuation of the series that you've been presenting on lameness. We're going from uh, the lameness scoring and detection that we had here a couple of weeks ago to the abnormalities of limb flight. That's correct. We're going to uh, talk about uh, limb flight and how it can play a role in, under- in the understanding of lameness and also in uh, the role it plays in, in the generation of lameness, if you will, in the horse. And I'll, I'll start by talking generally about some areas of uh, limb flight that are abnormal and, and how that can affect a horse's gait and their way of going. Now, 
obviously abnormalities of, of limb flight can cause interference of one limb with another limb. And I'm going to talk about some horses other than just the, the hunters and jumpers that are primarily our listeners for this show, just to include it for completeness and also because, as you know, even though something may be typical in one breed of horse or one discipline of equestrian activity, it does not preclude it from happening in other uh, types of horses or in other disciplines. So in this case, one of the things, one of the types of horses and disciplines where you see interference a lot and from which a great deal of understanding of interference can be gained is in the, in the standard bred world. Trotters and pacers are continually dealing with limbs interfering with one another and how to make adjustments in the horse's equipment as well as in the horse's hoof balance um, to help minimize that interference. And in any horse, faulty conformation can increase the risk of developing interference. And any gait uh, at speed has an increased likelihood of interference. So you have a greater likelihood of interference at the trot than at the walk and more at the canter than at the, than at the trot. And again, faulty conformation combined with a faster gait is going to lead to even greater incidents or likelihood of interference happening. Now, chronic, chronic interference can in itself be a sole reason for lameness or poor performance in the horse. And again, this is commonly noted in, in standard bred racehorses. You'll have a horse that potentially hits its knees or hits one area of the leg, and that can itself be caused for lameness because of the trauma. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about front foot interference. And first I'll talk about the one front foot hitting the other front foot. Horses that toe out tend to wing in in their limb flight. Uh, and because of that, it predisposes them to interference, one, one front foot hitting the other front foot. Additionally, a horse that has a base narrow conformation is predisposed to having that forelimb interference. Now, some horses will walk very closely, very narrow, uh, but then will widen out as they uh, increase their speed at the faster gates, and there's not a problem, but something to watch for. Now, you can also have interference where one hind foot is hitting the other hind foot. This, I think, is probably more common in our hunters and jumpers. You'll see the horse that travels close behind, and they tend to sometimes, you'll see scars or scrapes either on the inside of their pasterns or their fetlocks, and you'll see a lot of horses that have to wear hind ankle boots to protect that area. And that, that can be a cause of lameness just because of the trauma of hitting the other leg. As you can imagine, that would get quite sore. Those issues can be addressed uh, by shoeing issues, by shoeing uh, methods sometimes. But again, it's something to look at when you're looking at a horse. Uh, just something to take notice of. How closely does the horse travel behind? Is there any indication that there's been any interference? Are there any scars or is there any thickening of the skin or a loss of hair in the area of the inside of the fetlocks or the pastures that could give you a little bit of a tip-off? to that. Now, you can also have interference with the same limb. This is probably most common in trotters or gated horses, and when you have interference with the same limb, what happens is the hoof or shoe hits the elbow of the same side. Now, you can also see this occasionally in jumpers. Certain 
horses will jump in such a way where they really tuck their knees up and they can actually bang the back of their forearm or their elbows with their shoes. And that it's very rare, but it certainly can be seen. Probably more common is a horse that may hit their abdomen, uh, thus the, the popularity of the belly guard girth, which uh, help prevent trauma from the shoes and also from studs that horses may have in their shoes uh, from injuring them when they snap their knees up so significantly. Now, the other type of um, interference that you could have is front, uh, front foot hitting the same hind limb. Again, this is, uh, I will bring some examples from the standard bread world because we, some of the terminology comes from that field, but also these things can be seen in all, in all disciplines of horses. Now, it, the term for the interference depends where the front foot is hitting the hind limb. Scalping is a term that's used to describe interference where the front foot hits the dorsal aspect of the hind foot or hits basically near the coronary band on the, on the front of the back foot. Speedy cutting is another terminology, and that's used when the front foot is hitting the front aspect of the back pastern. And then shin hitting, shin hitting is exactly what it sounds like. The front foot is hitting the, the front of the back cannon bone. And then occasionally you can also have hawk hitting, but that would be pretty unlikely. Uh, and in pacers, you will sometimes see the front foot hitting the opposite hind limb, but that's usually only in pacers. Now, in hind foot interference, we have what's called forging, and I would imagine that most of our listeners are probably somewhat familiar with forging, and that is when the hind foot is, sitting, is hitting the front foot on the same side. Sometimes you'll hear, you'll hear this. You can hear, uh, you know, a, a classic uh, clanking sound, basically, or clicking sound. The hind foot with the shoe will hit the front shoe on the, on the same side. Many times it happens when the horse is a little bit long. They haven't been shod recently. It can lead to problems because the horse may overreach uh, and pull off that front shoe. It doesn't necessarily, the, the forging itself doesn't necessarily cause lameness, and it is something that many, in many cases can be addressed by shoeing changes, um, but it is something also to take notice of, particularly if you're looking at a new horse or looking at a horse to purchase. I would evaluate that closely because if it is something that's severe, it could potentially lead to some lameness problems down the road, or if not lameness, it could lead to management issues down the road in terms of keeping the shoes on and, and preventing significant trauma to the front feet or the heels of the front feet from that interference from the hind limbs. And so that's, those are some basic ideas about limb flight and interference. And the next area that we'll be talking about will be more specific abnormalities of limb flight in the forelimb and then also in the hind limb that we can go on to talk about. And we can talk about different um, problems associated with different conformations and different limb flight patterns. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, there's, well, there's just so many ways to look at it too, aren't there, Jenny? You know, you know, lateral, I mean, there are just so many angles and it, it, it always fascinates me. And, uh, you know, I, as you, as you know, I have a great library of veterinary books and I, I never get bored with, you know, just, just looking at these books. You learn something every time you open a page. And I, I was wondering, actually, if you had any books that you use as references now. I mean, obviously, as an established veterinarian, most of the stuff is in your head. But are, any, are there any references that you would recommend for our listeners? There, there is one book that I would recommend wholeheartedly. It's, it's called Diagnosis and Management of Lameness in the Horse, and it's authored by Mike Ross and Sue Dyson. 
both a, tremend- a tremendous team of lameness practitioners. Mike Gross is a surgeon at the University of Pennsylvania, and Sue Dyson, of course, is in the U.K., and it's, it's a fabulous reference book. It is designed for veterinarians, but certainly the lay person, the owner, the trainer with an interest in lameness would value this book greatly. It has a tremendous uh, amount of detail about very specific lamenesses, um, about the lameness exam. It also comes with a CD or a DVD that actually shows examples of specific lamenesses and their references throughout the book as to where they can find on the DVD examples of what is being discussed in the text. And I think that's one of the first books, first lameness books that I'm aware of that has that com- combination of the, the textbook description of things combined with an actual DVD that shows you a video of what they're talking about. And that in itself is very powerful and can really elucidate what's being discussed in the book itself. One of my favorite titles is a fairly recent publication, All Systems Go, by Nancy, Dr. Nancy Loving. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've come across that. It's quite a weighty term, and it is a wonderful reference for everything on the inside and the outside of the horse, and great illustrations, too. And I'm sure some of our listeners may have heard about that, but a wonderful, wonderful book. And it's one that I pick up all the time because... Um, I don't know if you've followed us, Jenny, and some of our listeners who listen to the other shows know that I also do quizzes on the eventing radio show and the dressage radio show. And uh, these books, of course, are a great point of reference for me to when I set the questions. Excellent. Yes, it's nice to have a book like that that that, uh, has such a wealth of information. It it certainly is. And the illustrations, I think, always help. And it must have taken a long time to compile this book because you don't find these cases that they're highlighting all the time, do you? You know that as a vet. You you know, you you, you find things, but you don't always photograph them. And I guess if you're writing a book, you, you want to look for every example that you can possibly find to illustrate it, the point well. Yes, it, it is quite a, a challenge to put together a well-researched uh, book with information as well as illustrations and photographs, and it is uh, a considerable labor to accomplish that. And when we find books like that, we really should treasure them because they are just a wealth of information and, and should be on our reference shelves at all times so that we can refer to them. Most definitely. Well, we're going to refer back to you again in a couple of weeks, Jenny, and I think, we, um, as we said earlier, it, I think it would be very helpful to our listeners to learn more about the application of shockwave therapy and chiropractic as it pre- pertains to lameness. That would be great. I'd love to talk about that. Wonderful. I know your your subject that's dear to your heart. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll get you back here in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you, Chris. Well, thank you to Chris and to Dr. Jenny Johnson for providing these tips here on uh, Horse Tip Daily, for letting us steal them from the Jumping Radio Show. This one was taken off of episode number 51. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And don't forget that you can listen to all of our shows on the Hallway Feeds app on the iPhone. Just search for Hallway Feeds. It's free. It's easy. It's streaming right over your iPhone. Just search for Hallway Feeds. And they have ter- it's a terrific application anyway because it has all the news that you would want in the horse world all fed right to your iPhones. Great way to stay in touch with what's going on. That's Hallway Feeds. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And be safe. Ride with your helmet. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.